Hey everybody, this is Christian Cison here with the very first episode of the Third Fridays podcast in our brand new studio. Now, I want to thank everybody uh, for giving me comments and questions. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, even if it's not constructive criticism, I appreciate that too, right? Tell me, tell me that I have a face for radio and that you don't uh, want to see me on, on the webinars. Uh, you'd be wrong, of course, uh, but I still like the fact that you have an opinion and that's all that matters. Okay, so uh, I also want to thank uh, the people at the North Jersey Claims Association who heard me speak on Thursday the 18th. If I was good enough at that presentation that made you feel like, hmm, let me check out this podcast, maybe I'm doing something right. So uh, good looks to that. Thank you very much. Um, today's a special day. Maybe to the chagrin of some of my coworkers here who do have law degrees uh, and can talk about a lot of the topics that we're going to talk about today, I have a guest this month uh, who is not a lawyer. Uh, he's actually uh, a good friend of mine. His name is Christopher Leahy, and he is an engineer for National Grid. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Christian. Thanks for having me. Now, Chris and I have known each other for a while. Um, he actually hated me when we initially met. Uh, I think it was because uh, he didn't like the way my hair was cut or uh, you know, maybe my clothes weren't... Uh, up to his standard, his his super high standard. But I can see now that I've improved because he's worn the same exact Banana Republic button down to this podcast recording. So I think we, we've gotten on the same page enough that oh, and you know he invited me to be a groomsman at his wedding. So things are things things have improved between the two of us. Does that does that cover it, Chris? I think it does. I'd like to say for the record, I think I had this shirt before you did, and I think oh. you were copying me. But either way, good fashion, good fashion, <laughs> right? Right. That's that's fine. I, I I'm totally okay with granting you that. Um, let's move forward, though. Uh, loyal listeners of the show, uh, which Chris I, I think is one of them, uh, they know that I just can't stop myself from saying defend from day one, and that's why Chris is here today. That motto uh, is designed to make sure that we investigate work accidents to the fullest extent and that we make sure that the right claims are being compensated and the wrong ones are being denied. And as we know in New York, uh, it's a gotcha state. So deadlines that are missed really, really put the presumption of compensability on the table and put us in uh, a bad position to really go after these claims. So Chris uh, with National Grid is here to tell us how his company and he specifically works with these types of things. Uh, tell us how work accidents usually occur in your line of work. Sure. So for those who don't know, National Grid is a, a gas provider. We uh, maintain gas pipes. Um, and most of those injuries, believe it or not, are not due to the dangerous nature of, of natural gas. Most of them are soft tissue injuries. So a lot of sprains. Are you getting into some medical knowledge right now? Look, not too much. I have some degrees, not that one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not too much medical. Soft tissue injuries. Okay, but a lot of yeah. So we end up we end up doing a lot of work with people who have pulled muscles, things of that nature. Although on occasion we do have very dangerous injuries as well. There's a lot of heavy machinery. Natural gas obviously is very difficult to work around, so those injuries do come up. But mainly, it's the it's the more minor ones. So, so these uh, soft tissue minor injuries. What 
are employees doing that allegedly causes these injuries? Sure. So a lot of them stem from picking up items that are too heavy. So there's a lot of strains in the back, not picking up things correctly, uh, your body being in unnatural positions while you're trying to, you're, you're in a trench with gas pipe, trying to tighten a bolt, something like that, where your body isn't used to being in that position. Um, and so there are things that we can do to try and avoid those. Um, we have a huge stretching program that we've rolled out the past couple of years. Uh, everybody meets inside first thing in the morning, 15 minutes of stretching. Does that include Very you important. too? That does not include me. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I do not need the stretching. I'm not doing any physical activity throughout the right. day at all, Okay, which is good for me and the company, to be honest with you. It's better for the company that you're not doing anything. That. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. It may be. Manual labor. Um, okay. Now, we understand that many of these uh, soft tissue injuries are naturally occurring, right? Um, if I have to pick up heavy machinery and I have to do it every day for a certain amount of years, uh, at some point, something's going to give. I, I, you know, I might get a strain in my back or my neck. Um, what happens at National Grid when an employee alleges that a work accident has occurred? What kind of protocol does National Grid have in effect? So the first thing that they would do is they would call their supervisor, whether that's me or the person who's leading their construction crew, whoever that may be, to let them know that this happened. Um, National Grid also has a nurse that they can send out to location or that the employee can go visit if they don't know the extent of the injury, they want someone to check it out immediately, something like that. And then we have at least some information right up front. Um, after that, then we're going to have them possibly visit a doctor, see what the doctor says. And then most importantly, we're going to have to document all of that. So we're going to say what they were doing at the time of the injury, wh what location they were on, what was happening, who was there, things of that nature. And all of that is exactly what I'm getting at, right? Because my crusade, this uh, defend from day one uh, idea or motto is about making that process the best it can possibly be. So when you're talking about gathering information, um, are there any specific deadlines which they have to meet these requirements from National Grid, uh, or what specifics uh, are National Grid employees you know, held by or so held to? Our company policy is to report it within 24 hours. So when we hear from the employee that they're injured, we need to fill out that documentation and submit it within 24 hours. And the supervisor would be bound by that requirement, or is it the employee? The supervisor, the supervisor would be bound by that requirement. Okay. Um, so sometimes the employee will have you know, a little a bump, a scrape, a, a strain that they think isn't a big deal at first, and then maybe flares up a week or so later. Uh, the, the supervisor is held to that 24 hours. Okay. Now, the supervisor is held to the 24-hour requirement to report back to the company, or assuming, right? Correct. What if, – if I'm an employee of National Grid and I get hurt today, am I, do I have to report that within 24 hours to my supervisor, or is there a different timeline? No. No. The 24-hour the timeline does not, uh, does not apply for that situation because some injuries aren't necessarily 
ones that you would think are a huge deal day of. Okay. Right? So you get hurt. You think you're fine. It, that injury never goes away. You end up seeing a doctor. So things like that, especially in, in construction, manual labor can kind of add up. And then you get, you get that type of injury as well. Okay. And, and I think that's a very good practical consideration that you bring up because uh, for a lot of employers that we represent, uh, we have this uh, juxtaposition of continuing business, uh, making sure that projects are completed on time uh, and not held without unreasonable delay, but also erring on the side of caution and making sure that possible risk to the company is dealt with in an efficient manner. So uh, a lot of these injuries that you're talking about, I feel like are the type that can be problematic for national grid. You know, if you're saying that essentially the majority of issues are soft tissue and uh, there's no requirement for the employee to go uh, to his employer if it's he feels he or she feels it's not a big deal. Then would you agree that maybe there's some risk down the road? Oh, definitely. So it's strongly encouraged that they report these injuries as soon as possible, as soon as they feel that slight pull that possibly could escalate to something bigger, because we want that documentation from the day it happened. Right? We want to know this situation, the effects of that. We want we want to know what happened day of. We don't want someone telling us a couple weeks later. Oh, hey, by the way, two weeks ago I got hurt. At this location, we don't know the, the situation there. Um, so it's it, it's important to have that documentation from the day of that first little injury. You may say document from day one. <laughs> you know, I, I think you you're really you're really showing that you are listening to the show. Uh, and you know, in fact, if anyone heard the last episode, I think it was either last month or the month before, we had. Uh, uh, a story from me about a couple of friends that had maybe tried to determine how many times I would say defend from day one. I'm not saying that was you, Chris, but I'm also not saying that that wasn't you. That's fair. I will say, though, whoever decided the uh, the number of defend from day one quotes, wh- whoever came up with that, whether that was me or someone else, was very, very close. <laughs> okay. Very close. You, mu- you, you, know me, you know me probably too well. Um, okay, so let's let's go on to safety, right? Um, I think uh, we had talked about how often these injuries can happen and the relative nature of the injuries, but what is National Grid doing to put themselves in a position to, I guess, decrease the amount of claims and accidents? Sure. So just to give you a, a little background, last year – For National Grid, New York City and Long Island, construction business, we had 19 accidents that resulted in lost time. So 19 accidents that resulted in people missing a shift or a day of work. And would you say that's a high number, a low number, or is that an average number? I'd say it's an average number. Okay. Uh, Obviously, always want to decrease that number. Sure. Um, And so there are definitely things that we're doing to try and decrease that number. Um, The goal for this year is to get down to 10. Uh, We're on pace so far, but obviously the the year is young. So I we'll hope see. no employees of National Grid are listening to this right now and hearing that <laughs> they need to maybe beef up that number. But hey, just just trying to be safe. 
that's what everybody wants. No, I know. I'm only kidding. So to to prevent those, uh, I spoke earlier about the stretching program we have every morning. Right. Before employees start work to try and loosen up those muscles so that you don't pull it, trying to you know use a lot of exertion right up right in the beginning of the day. Another thing we do is we have an athletic trainer on site every day. Every that, day. Every day. That can either stretch you out, give you exercises to do to loosen up part of your body that might be tight, a little massage maybe, really really trying to loosen up those muscles before a full day, especially I, the weather's turning a little bit now, but especially on those cold days when it's it's below freezing and your muscles aren't quite ready first thing <laughs> in the morning. I'm just going to note that maybe we can get an athletic trainer for this office. <laughs> um, Sit, sitting at your desk, I'm sure, is very difficult for the shoulders. It right, is. It is. But go on. Go on. Another thing that we do is there's a lot of personnel that's out driving every day. So apart from the employees that are just driving to job sites, there are employees that are inspecting other construction that's going on around gas facilities. And there are also people driving to read gas meters, visit customers. There are a lot of natural grid cars on the road every day. And as a result, there's a lot of possibility for risk and injury and collisions. Sure. Right? So a couple years ago, they instituted a policy of putting cameras in each national grid vehicle. That's interesting. They record at all times. And if there's a sudden uh, acceleration or deceleration, the camera is triggered. And then that video is sent to that employee's supervisor. Wow. The thought process being that if you know that you're on camera, you will drive safer. We can see who's driving safely, make sure everyone's driving safely, and correct any of those behaviors that possibly could lead to accidents um, and issues down the road. That that really is excellent. Uh, I you know I have heard similar kind of uh, helpful surveillance uh, ideas from employers to ensure safety and comply with uh, company protocol. But uh, I can definitely see how that can prevent loss. Uh, That's that's a a good measure that can also tell – it can be a deterrent. You know, I mean, you are definitely put uh, on the uh, camera to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And if there is an issue, there's an objective piece of evidence that can verify what you're saying. Um, Correct. So – just to, to piggyback off that, there are definitely situations when it's helpful for the employee as well. If you're in a car accident or something happens, it's your way of proving, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. This is, this is what happened. I wasn't at fault. Um, and I can definitely tell you, as somebody who had a camera in their car for a few years, you drive a lot more safely. So I would I would say that program definitely works. That's I mean that's that's a good point too because I mean I I have to also imagine that National Grid employees ostensibly have to use their car, the the company car at some point maybe for non work activities too right Does that or maybe am I am I off base No so most most cars are only used during company hours so they'll drive their personal cars to the office okay. switch out for the National Grid car. There are a few instances when people do take the cars home, uh, which was my position as well. Uh, but even then, it's only commuting. It's okay. No, no type of outside work activities. Right. I, I, I actually think then, if that's a requirement, that would give the company even greater 
opportunity to assess work versus non-work. If you're only required to use it, then the camera is going to be tracking during work hours. So if you're going to be saying that, you know, you got an accident, I don't know when shifts end, but, you know, three in the morning. Right, or on the weekends. Right, weekends. uh, If the camera's not working, that's a verifiable uh, defense to state that you weren't in an accident during the course of work. Correct. Um, no, that's, that's, that's a very, very good point. Uh, cameras and, and video sometimes uh, are a problem for, for our clients because uh, sooner or later that type of video evidence has to be destroyed or you know, moved, uh, stored somewhere where it's not easily retrievable. Uh, have you, could you think of an instance where the use of that camera in the car can be detrimental or has it really been across the board, uh, beneficial? I think it's positive in the sense that it reduces accidents and increases safety. I think it's negative for employee morale. Um, that's a good point. Not many people enjoy having somebody theoretically looking at them in the car at all times during the day. I, I um, wouldn't. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, I wouldn't say it's an enjoyable drive knowing that the camera's there. And if you, you know, stop short or something that doesn't necessarily result in anything bad, you still may get reprimanded for that. Um, so that's not ideal. But safety-wise, you can't argue with the results. And safety is really the most important thing out there. So Correct. Uh, I think that outweighs it. Um, I know you talked a lot about what National Grid is doing to, to decrease uh, work accidents, and, and it's very good information. Do you feel like there's anything that can be improved? Sure. I mean, I think that the, the culture around safety could definitely be improved. Um, what do you mean by that? So we we do the stretching in the morning. Bulletins go out all the time about being safe. Sometimes when you go out in the field, safety isn't the first thing in everyone's mind, right? Productivity is usually going to win, to win out. And at the, at the end of the day, you have to be productive. You have to get your work done. And so sometimes I think that productivity can outweigh the safety aspect. Um, and I think that culture could it is getting improved and is getting there, but could continue to be improved as far as keeping safety uh, in the foremost. And, and when you say culture, I mean, that, that certainly takes, uh, you know, employer and employee to work together, oh, right? Sure. I mean... We can't force an employee to love the idea of doing everything possible conservatively to be safe in all costs when they're also being judged on productivity. So sometimes it can be unreasonable. Um, So I think it's actually good that, you know, that was listed as as an improvement possibility or something that can be potentially approved because I think that's a problem for every company along the line. I mean, not just a, a labor intensive company like labor, uh, national grid, but, uh, you know, e- even your more, uh, sedentary, uh, companies take my company, for example. Um, are we, be, you know, are we being safe all the time and what we have to do? No, because we're not even thinking about it, right? Cause we're sitting behind a desk all the time. Uh, but just, the attitude about it is probably across the same across uh, all companies, right? Um, employees don't generally think about it because they're more concerned with what they're readily being judged on. And I think that's a great point. I don't think anyone ever goes out and wants to get in an unsafe situation, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're not constantly thinking about it, you can find yourself in that situation. 
That's and true. So that's pushing true. it and making sure that everyone's thinking about the safe way to perform an operation rather than the quickest way to get it done, I think is kind of a a, a mind a mind shift. Right. But I think that's I think that's important. Right. So listen, listen, people. Chris says, don't kick the safety can down the road, at least not all the time, okay? Um, okay, uh, thanks for that great discussion on, on uh, accident investigation and prevention, Chris. Uh, since I know you faithfully listen to the show every month, what's the name of the game that you're about to play right now? I believe it's called Guess the Outcome. Ah, you know, that's just music to my heart. That someone listens to the show. Okay. Uh, obviously, I can't have you predict how a court would rule in a certain situation. That wouldn't be fair to you. That would not oh. end well for me either. I will say I'm uh, I'm o four five. Oh, when you play Six. at home? Yes. Okay. Yes, I haven't gotten one right well, yet. Well, I was so. going to say maybe if you w- would have gotten it right, maybe I just sponsor three years of law school for That's you, right. and then you come work for us. That's possible. I've gone to a lot of school. I think I'm done. You think you're done with I school? Think I'm done. Okay. I have fair enough. I get it. Um, but I have a multiple choice question for you. So, uh, it's a little easier. It's not, it doesn't have to do with like legal reasoning. Um, it's just a strictly a statutory requirement in the state of New York. And it's how long does the state of New York give an employee to report a work accident to his or her employer? Is it a 24 hours, B one week, C one month and D or not and, but or D, three months. Okay, that's interesting. I know that. So we we spoke about earlier uh, as a company policy, we have a twenty four hour window to report that for the supervisor to report Correct. it to the company. Correct. Right. Um, but I would imagine that it's a little longer than that. So I would say, I would say a month. You know, surprisingly, uh, the state of New York it gives employees one month to report a work accident to their employer. Uh, it's a little on the long end for me, uh, but I guess that's just my naturally born and bred defense uh, lawyer coming out. But essentially, you have 30 days. If I, if I get into a work accident today, you know, if I am hit myself in the face with this microphone and I think that's compensable, then I have 30 days to report it to my employer. What do you think that has in terms, or what what kind of effect do you think that has, if any, on employees uh, at National Grid? If, you know, does that affect um, productivity? Does it affect safety? Uh, Does this rule or or, uh, deadline, this notice deadline, does that have any effect on employees if they were to know this? Sure. I mean, I think that I, – I would agree with you. I think that seems very high. Right. Um, I think it makes sense to have it have it lower than that. I mean, I think it's – if somebody reports an issue a month later, it's almost impossible to know the circumstances around the injury that day. Right. right? So if someone tells you, hey, what happened in this day a month ago, I'm certainly not going to remember. I don't think many people are going are gonna to remember – exact things that happened that day, right? And even so it, if they do remember, it's not going to be as clear as if they had reported it earlier. Exactly. And also, if they can report that earlier than a month, I mean, there are things that can be done to help them throughout that month, right, to keep that injury from getting worse. Right. Whether that's physical therapy, whether that's stretching, whether that's whatever it is. 
Not to mention, too, if you if you wait that long to report it, you may be in good graces with the state of New York, but it raises some red flags uh, with your employer and with the uh, workers' compensation carrier, uh, and they may be less likely to think that this is a legitimate accident. And that doesn't really help anybody. Uh, so I, I do like that you touched on uh, – the ability to recall those certain uh, events because that's something that we try to stress a lot is, uh, you know, employers that have uh, protocol within their company to report earlier than one month gives uh, gives us more ammunition to defend these notice claims because when you know if we're already giving you uh, you know a, a state limit of thirty days to provide notice and you're not doing that, then it makes it easier for us to move forward with a claim. So uh, that, that's a, a very uh, a very interesting uh, issue that is still being litigated constantly. Um, Chris, I do appreciate you for coming uh, on the show today. Do you have any questions or comments for me? Like, how, how did, did you enjoy this? This, this was amazing, right? This was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Right. Uh, thank you for making me the first non, uh, non-lawyer to be on the show. I hope this doesn't preclude you from doing it in the future. <laughs> I think you did well enough that you're not going to be the last non-lawyer, but we'll see. <laughs> that's, that's very nice to hear. I appreciate that. And I will not touch the, the face for radio comment you made earlier. I'm just, I'm just Other than that. just saying that again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for listening, downloading, uh, and, and the questions and comments. Uh, this is Christian Cisan reminding you to defend from day one.